This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello, Dreamers, and welcome to episode 141 of the Dreamers Disease podcast with me, Alex Manzi. And after going through my own battles with depression and anxiety, I basically wanted to create this platform for you to join me on this journey of becoming richer in mind, body, and soul. And now, whether that's a discussion about everyday struggles or hearing the story of an inspirational guest, or even some of my own personal experiences, we aim to inspire you to start making a positive change in your life. So on this week's episode, I am joined by Vanessa van der Pew, who is an actress and model, and probably most recently known for starring alongside Noel Clark and Ashley Waters in Sky's Bulletproof Season 2, which is amazing, by the way, if you haven't seen it. I was a big fan of the first series, uh, so it was really great to jump on the line with Vanessa for this one. And yeah, as you guys know, obviously we're in a very mad situation right now in the world. So a lot of things have changed in terms of like, you know, being in isolation, etc. But what I've been loving is that even though the situation is as it is, there's people in the world like Vanessa who don't want to stop anything that's happening from them sharing their message out in the world. So when we had to reschedule our live recording and jump on the on the line and do it over zoom she was more than happy to do it and and adapt which you know i'm very thankful for because these are tough times for everyone and i just want to make sure that i'm still able to create content for you guys and put out podcasts and try and keep spreading the positive vibes for you guys because i think more than ever we need that little bit of positivity to, to see us through what we're going through so big big love to Vanessa for jumping on this and she's had a very interesting career as she's kind of balanced modeling and acting but she's also suffered from endometriosis which is it's, it's kind of called like the hidden disease and um, it's a very tough thing to struggle with if you go through it and she explains a lot about that in this episode. We also spoke about how she's been coping in isolation, filming her first ever sex scene which is quite a funny story, why it's important to treat your body with kindness and gaining confidence by having your voice heard. So before we jump in I just want to thank you for being here do make sure you subscribe to the podcast whatever you're listening right now because it really helps with the ratings and it helps other people discover the podcast particularly on the apple charts but right now let's jump straight in and hear from vanessa how are you i'm good thank you how are you doing i am all right i am um much like yourself we're at home so thank you for finding the time to do this (laughs) over over zoom um it's a bit of a situation we're in we were supposed to record this face-to-face last Mm. week or the beginning of this week yeah yeah last last week week. um but we had to quickly change plans uh, as things have developed so thank you for still finding the time for this no it's fine it's nice to actually do something (laughs) yeah yeah this is like totally keeping me sane right now like just having stuff to do like recording interviews and editing stuff and yeah, yeah just, we're, we're just in a very strange time, isn't it? How, how have you been coping with it all? Um, I think I've just been trying to keep up to date on my side without obsessively keeping up to date, if you know what I mean. Um, and just trying to do a to-do list. So yesterday, I think I was just really anxious and I just thought, what the hell am I going to do? I can't mm. not do anything. So I just want to be more proactive in terms of what I want to do. Um, and just trying to organize things that I need to do and get done before just little things that I need to do, like sell my car and um, make sure it was insured and make sure the mechanic has got it safely and then make sure instead of declaring it soon, insuring it and just just life hacks, basically go yeah. to the doctor if it's necessary and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to do a to do list and trying to actually have a fitness plan, yeah. my diet, make sure I get some food and yeah, and just see my family, make sure everyone's happy as well. So I'm just trying to weigh up what's the best thing. So I might just go to Milton Keynes and at least not be alone <laughs> during this isolation period as well. Yeah, I think I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we're being told to self-isolate, 
but also yeah. it's like you don't just want to be totally alone because you really can exactly. start getting like cabin fever and going crazy so I think it's important yeah. to like, like I'm, I'm at my parents place I, I'm at least like with my mum my dad my grandma's here like yeah. some company and the dog like got some company during the day exactly. otherwise if I was like alone in my flat I'd be like I don't know what I'd be doing I'd be bouncing off the walls by now I think yeah so I have still been you know going to the shop going to the mechanics just doing stuff but at the same time I'm trying to be sensible and not go out unless I need to so mm. um yeah it's just a very strange time so I'm just trying to yeah I've written a to-do list of what I need to do what I'm going to start doing creating content just doing yeah. stuff you know just yeah. to keep myself happy. so yeah, yeah it's, and- it's strange but I guess we just have to go with the flow and just all be safe and keep eye out yeah for sure and have you have you been like making a strict routine every day or anything like that to keep you structured or have you just been like day to day making um, a plan to be honest I don't think I really took it seriously until our meeting on Thursday when Boris spoke mm. so I just thought okay something's going on you just need to just be more um, proactive in terms of cleaning your hands and keeping a sanitizer on me but I think I'm a bit um, OCD with that anyway so mm. as soon as I enter a property or come home I always wash my hands yeah. so this is not new news to me anyway <laughs> my mum's an African parent so she's always if you go to somebody's house don't touch anything even if we're in the lift don't your clothes can't be touched don't lean on it she's always been very funny in particular yeah. so I think I've grown up being that way so for me this is like oh that's all right. I've got Dettol. There's always Dettol in my house. Yeah, there's yeah. always, you know, there's always antibacterial wipes. It's, it's, it's not a new thing for me. But then Thursday, I thought, oh, wow. Okay, they're taking procedures. Okay, the government's doing this. Okay, okay, maybe I need to take this seriously now because everything is getting cancelled left, right, centre. So it's only yesterday, as I said, that I'm actually, I sat down and thought, let me write a plan. I need to start working out. <laughs> um, start doing some online um, fitness classes like Fitness Blender that I do on occasion but I just need to be more regular with it so I said if I do it one hour every day just to keep myself sane um and even just a routine in terms of my food and stuff like that so and just things I need to do I'm like what, what haven't I done that I need to do sort out my website <laughs> add yeah. new pictures my show reel you know like I actually have time to do all these things so I'm trying to turn it into a positive and just keep myself sane at the same time and just yeah. trying to monopolize time because we don't know how long it's gonna last yeah, I think that's very important. And I've been looking at it a very similar way. It's like, okay, cool. I've got all this extra time on my hands now. Like, what can yeah. I do to really, like, have a positive effect on, like, everything that I'm trying to do with, like, the podcast and making content exactly. and, like, writing more blogs. And, like, I've been I've been finding myself in such a really nice creative space. Although, like, at yeah. times I'm still a bit jittery and just want to, like, go out and do something. But I've also, like, pretty much similar to what you just said, I guess, like, been creating a, a routine for myself in the morning. Like, I've been very strict and, like, not looking at my phone for like the first hour of the day so it's like I'll wake up I'll go downstairs I'll do like a 30 to 40 minute yoga session then I'll have like a breakfast I'll have my shower I'll do some meditation some reading Mm -hmm. by the time I've done all that it's been like more than an hour and then I'll get my phone out check through you know whatever's been going on in the world messages and then write an an action plan for the day and then sort of by then it's like 10 o'clock and I've still got the whole day ahead but I've had a really positive morning Exactly. So I think it's it really important. does change when you do have structure to your morning as well. It does exactly. have a knock on the whole day. Exactly. So, yeah, I, think, I think now it's more important than ever. Like, I've, I've been sort of saying this for quite a long time. Like That first 90 minutes of your day is so important. It's so impactful for the rest of the day. And I think Definitely. now that we're all kind of isolating and people are working from home and, you know, we're, not, we're social distancing is the, is the phrase. It's, yeah. it's more important than ever to keep, to keep a bit of sanity, you know, because there are anxieties that can come with, with being isolated and loneliness and things like that so to keep yourself kind of in a good frame of mind it's good to put a morning routine like that in place you know 
for sure especially when you're self-employed because exactly, <laughs> you're like exactly. oh okay there's no sick pay there's no so yeah. i'm just just keeping up to date and seeing what the government are doing to help and yeah and just trying to keep myself yeah as you said trying yeah. to keep myself safe and just educated as well yeah i think that's the two most important things is keep yourself sane well keep yourself safe keep yourself sane yes and keep yourself educated yeah. three really big sure. things we can all be doing um, but to give some context into to this conversation, can you just tell the people who are listening a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay, so my name is Vanessa Van der Poy. Um, I'm an actress and a model. Um, so right now, um, the show Bulletproof um, season two, um, I'll be playing Ashley Waters' new wife. I'll be replacing Shana Lynch from season one. Um, so Bulletproof comes out Friday the yeah. 20th of March. Yeah. <laughs> um so it's yeah it's such an exciting time and um but yeah I was hoping I could do a viewing with my friends and family um at the curtain but unfortunately due to the circumstances and the time we're living in right now it's been um cancelled so surprisingly I was surprised they even still wanted to host it I, I asked them yeah. yesterday I said are you sure <laughs> and they said yeah no problem it's only about 20 people so no problem but understandably today they said actually we do need to take precautions so yeah. um if you don't mind and I was like yeah of course not I was actually surprised you still wanted to host it and I was surprised my friends and family still wanted to come out of self-isolation just to support me for a few hours but um I think everyone is feeling the frustration everyone's feeling it so um but yeah that's a bit about me I do modeling this on the side as well um so I've done campaigns with um Sleek, Squarespace, Shawl, um orange um so i just did a lot of commercial modeling because anyone who knows as an actor is very hard to get a stable job um in between and yeah that was a good way to make money basically um it was a good way to keep me afloat so i can go to acting classes and accent coaching lessons and things like that so um so yeah i'm i'm really happy and excited for this time and, yeah. and now everyone's self-isolating no one has an excuse to not watch <laughs> yeah exactly it's a great time to, to release a new episode a new series of a program exactly right? um, exactly season one is all on demand right now so you can binge watch it there's only six episodes yeah. um and then in this season season two there's eight episodes but yeah. the budget for this is absolutely crazy is so um yeah so watching episode one and two i was because obviously I can only see the scenes that I've done or I've only seen the scenes that I've, um, I actually acted in. So seeing that come to life and seeing that portrayed on the screen, it was absolutely breathtaking. So, um, I really hope everyone enjoys it as much as mm. we did. Um, so yeah, it was, it would just be really exciting to see what, um, the reviews are when it yeah. comes out. And how was it for you? Because like you said, you, you were replacing, um, the previous actress who was playing yeah. Ashley Waters' wife, right? So it's a bit of like an Aunt Viv situation from, uh, Fresh Prince, yeah, like, Fresh all Prince. of a sudden there's like a new actress in there. Like, how was that for you? Was, exactly. there, was there like a pressure that came with that? Were you like kind um, of a bit anxious, like going into it? Yeah, or? yeah, and I think anyone would be because obviously I respect LaShawn Lynch so much. I've, I've watched her grow as an actress, you know, I watched her from Zip Brotherhood um, and then mm. she was in Fast Girls and then she was casting in this. So anyone, um, especially women of colour, because there's not many of us in this country, I always do keep an eye on them, see what they're up to, see who's casting them, see see um, who their agent is. So I was always learning from people, especially who, who are um, excelling in this country because mm. you see it in America, but here is very far and few in between. Um, so I respect in all of them. Um, and it definitely was a pressure because I know I do have a baby face. I know I do look young, um, but I am 33. So a lot of people are like, what? I thought you just came out of uni. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> 
um thank god she got a baby but yeah um it's yeah it's just a blessing so i'm just excited but at the same time anxious because we're two different actresses so i hope people still respect my take on um ajana's character um and they get used to me i suppose mm. was were there like any um i guess like complications on set in terms of like you know previously you know, or, or you would have done things slightly differently maybe to, to how it was in like the previous season. Like, did that confuse things or was it quite a sort of easy transition? Yeah, I, I feel like the production were actually very, very, yeah. um, very nice and very accommodating. Um, Ashley and Noel were very, really nice to me. They, they messaged me to make sure I was okay um, before my first day on set, to make sure I was completely comfortable. Um, and everyone kind of reached out to me. So the, the first AD did, um, the producer, um, he reached out to me as well. Um, and the director as well for the first um, three episodes. Um, he was so, uh, he was so, so lovely. And he always made sure that I was comfortable in my choice. So he was like, look, we hired you for a reason. So mm-hmm. trust in yourself, trust in your instincts. So um, if somebody's saying, hey, maybe you should be a bit more stronger, maybe you should be a bit more independent, that's okay, but take your take on it. And then we can do another take if you want, and then we can review it and edit. But yeah. he always made sure that I was comfortable with my choice and I was able to speak up if I did want to change a word or two or, or change the, the action or something. Yeah. So it was really nice to have that creative flow I suppose and have that creative choice in the character um so yeah it was very nerve-wracking but it was nice that I was able to have that choice really yeah nice and have you got any um off-camera funny stories that you can share with us of any <laughs> I, I just always imagine on like on, on like tv sets or film sets there's always crazy stuff happening off camera and it's yeah, not just like I, I wish, um obviously because of um the me too movement I wish there was like behind the scenes when we had my second day of shooting was a whole day of just intimacy scenes um mm. with ashley waters so that was a i suppose a good way in about comments to really get to know each other yeah um so it was it was very nerve-wracking because i've never done a sex scene before in my life oh, wow. um but we had an intimacy advisor um who was absolutely amazing she um worked on sex education um i think her name is ita and she she basically got us to be in tune with our own sea animals. So she told us to choose a mammal um, or sea mammal that we most would, um, would resonate with when it went with a character if we were climaxing and we were like huh okay. <laughs> so she spoke to us individually but then there was a point where we had to come into the room together and he had to touch my shoulder and say can he touch you there and i say yes you can and vice versa so it was hilarious because we we're looking at each other like touching our shoulder touching the arm can i touch you here yes you can can i touch you here um but she was there um, to hear both of our stories and or to hear both of our affirmations. So if anyone wants to turn around and say, hey, me too, she can say, no, you both agreed and I witnessed this when I was in the room, which was mm, great because I didn't okay. think that was a thing. And I think that was a yeah. thing that was introduced quite recently because of everything that's going on, which is nice because in my mind, it was um, from a few years ago, I know that it was definitely the other way around where the director will say, this is what I want. So what three, two, one, go. <laughs> Whereas this time he said, what do you want? We'll sign up a contract and then um, whatever you're comfortable with, we'll, we'll work around it and yeah. we'll make it work. Oh, so amazing. It was really nice. Yeah. So we had yeah. to have some sea. I can't remember what his sea mammal was. I think, I, could, I think mine, I didn't, 
I didn't know what to do and I just wanted to laugh. So I just said, okay, I think I see myself more like maybe um, a seal because she, she mimicked the sounds. And so I was like, yeah, like if I was to, maybe if Ajana was climax, then she'd be like, no. Well, something like that. And we had to practice it and, and just really, you know, distance ourselves from our own character and our own sexual experiences but yeah. it was absolutely hilarious so when we were doing it it was just hilarious because we were just bantering everything she was saying yeah. but it did make me feel so much more comfortable if you know yeah. what I mean because yeah he was like can I touch you here I'm like yeah sure you can touch my shoulder like it was just, <laughs> it was it was hilarious um but yeah it, it did make me feel very so much more comfortable and the team were absolutely great it was a close set um and yeah and it was shot beautifully Oh, see, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I watched the the first series when it was out. Was it last? It oh, was like last year, right? So it wasn't. Was it last year? It might have even been the end of no, 2018. No, so summer before, yeah, yeah, because I auditioned last January. Oh, okay, so it right, was yeah. Summer before, yeah, it came out in in August, like July, August. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so I really enjoyed the first uh, series. So when there's the announced there's going to be a second series, I was like, yes, this is good because it's like yeah. it's so good to see that type of program as well. Because normally when exactly. you, you know you have two. Um, two like black guys who are, are actors and playing cops yeah. or whatever. It's always very serious and it's very yeah. top boyish or like you know brotherhood kid yeah. And this is a bit more like it's serious, but it's also a little bit comedy as well. Like, so. As well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And their comedy yeah. is just yeah gone up the roof this year as well. So yeah. they they definitely had more creative control in that sense. Um, I think the writers definitely understood their banter, so they were able to write that in. But a lot of the time they'll just improvise in and they're like, yeah, that works, <laughs> and then they yeah, choose yeah. it. So. It's, yeah, it's really funny to just see them on set. They basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's their show. So I just watched them like, okay, cool, great. Yeah. So, you know, but um, yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. So you're yeah. going to really enjoy season two. Oh, and the special when it comes out in the summer as well. Yeah, we just I saw that on your, your Instagram. Yeah, that's that yeah. incredible as well. Yeah. And what, what was your, your journey into acting like? Because as you mentioned, like being a woman of colour, it's like, you know, there's not a lot of roles or there's, there's definitely not a lot of actresses like so. How's your journey been through the whole process of getting from where you started and why you started to like, you know, doing this series? Yeah, so, well, I started acting um, when I was in school, actually. Um, it was more of a therapeutic stance. Um, I basically was just going through something in school. So my counsellor actually said to me, hey, why don't you try doing acting? Acting is really good. You seem really good at it. But I never took that seriously because being from an African household, my mum that wasn't a vocation. <laughs> mm. So that was never an option. So I never took it seriously. I took sports seriously um, just because I was really good at it. So it was simple. But when it came to acting and she said, try and focus on it, try and do this theatre show, try and do that. Um, so I did focus on it and I actually really enjoyed it that I could be anyone in the world and just come out of my own self for a few hours it was very refreshing. Um, so it was kind of like meditation for me, you know, it was really good. Um, so when I finished, I did criminal justice to make my mom happy. <laughs> I did that in university in Birmingham. And then I came back and I was still getting drawn somehow. So either people would message me and say, hey, on Facebook and say, hey, can you do this short film? Can you, do you want to do extra work? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So I was always kind of keeping my eye out as to what opportunities were around. So I thought, how can I work my way up? Um, I went to Identity. That was about, what, 10 years ago now. Um, so I went to Identity when it first started. Um, and then I worked my way up, did the theatre show, which was really good. We got to tour around London with it um, and just basically built my CV that way. Started doing short films to try and get showreel. Um, and it was really hard to get an acting agent because if you don't, if you haven't gone to a top acting school and you haven't studied for two, three years, a lot yeah. of them would say no. 
Um, so a lot of them were sending me to join their commercial agency. Um, and that's how I kind of got into modeling because I got scouted here and there. Um, my first modeling job was a sleek makeup. Um, and then again, I just thought, oh, okay, this is a way, this is a nice way to make some extra money. And it's still in the entertainment industry. So again, I, I focused on that as well as acting, did acting courses in between. And yeah, and just hustled really. And was messaging casting directors. Anytime I got anything new on my CV, um, I would update it, send it to them. I'd attend workshops to see how I can do better and see how I can get on Spotlight. So when I got enough credits to go on Spotlight, that's when I took it more seriously, did my headshots. Um, and just basically just always with every three months or so would send bulletins to new um, acting agencies to see who would take me on, which would either not answer me or <laughs> um, would tell me I, I would be good on their commercial division. So it kind of just got a bit tiring. And then I got to 29 and just thought, I'm tired. This is, this is just so, it's so exhausting. And being told no several times or not even getting an answer was very exhausting. It definitely did play, play a part of my self-esteem. Yeah. And I just and thought, maybe how, how did you, how did you deal with that? Like the, the, almost like the rejections or the not getting the, the replies or hearing no all the time. Like how do you deal with that? Um, sometimes I'd ask them back for feedback because some, sometimes they give you just a general feedback and say, hi, Vanessa, um, um, you, you have a great look, but you're just not for us. Good luck in the future. That mm. is not helpful for me. No. So sometimes I'd write back and say to them, hi, I'd love to know, um, what do you think about my CV? Do you think my headshot is good enough? Um, if not, what can you suggest for me to do better so I can apply again in the future? Mm. so I'd actually ask them because I, w I want to be a better person I want to be a better actress so I actually generally wanted to know because what we think is good for us the industry can look back and think actually that's that's not a great headshot that's not a good look um or um I what I got told a lot was that I looked better in person so I realized the photographer I was using or the images I was using didn't wasn't it was a poor reflection on myself mm. so um I really did study and actually go to an acting headshot because I was doing a lot more modeling at the time so yeah. a modeling um, photographer necessarily won't capture me the way um, an actor's headshot Actually, should yeah. be captured, you know? So again, I had to learn that. But again, if nobody gives you any feedback, nobody gives you constructive criticism, yeah, yeah. you don't know how to learn and how to improve in yourself. So yeah. I was vocal in asking them. I wasn't scared to ask them, what do you think I can do to do better? Mm. Um, and I can't remember what agency did respond to me. I think it was Curtis Brown or something years ago. And I thought, oh, thank you so much. And then I really did focus and went to an acting head, um, someone who focused on acting headshots, got a good headshot, um, and then went on mandy.com, went on starnow.com. So went on freelancing websites to build up my CV. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's basically how I did it. So it's like, these are the short films. I had to be very particular with the films I was doing as well and the short films I was putting myself into because there's no point exerting yourself into something that necessarily is a poor reflection on you or the characters you don't want to portray in the future. Mm. So I had to really sit back and think, and what roles do you want to be in? So, you know, every time it was a learning curve. So every time I said I've got no or I've got any constructive criticism, I took it on board and sat back and reflected and thought, mm. how can I be better? Yeah. Um, but I got to 29 and I thought, oh my gosh, Mum is, is stressing out, thinking I'm just in London. I haven't got a, a, a full-time salary and my money's up and down. Um, I thought I'd have a mortgage by now. You know, all these little life hacks that you think you'd accomplish and I hadn't accomplished yet. So um, I just thought, okay, maybe I should just sit back for a bit. And I thought LA is probably the last thing I need to do because mm. I know 
people do go there and excel. So I thought, let me just book my ticket. And I went for three months. And I think that was, for me, was really eye-opening because I thought that was the make or break for me. And whether I was going to continue to do this or sit back and think I gave it a good try and focus on my degree and then, you know, go back to law. (laughs) But um, yeah, thank God it was a refreshing, scary experience, but it really did open my eyes and gave me a new lease of motivation to come back and just give it 110% again, you know? So um, yeah, and I think that's just American attitude that they have generally. They're Mm. just they're very confident in themselves. They're very direct of what they want. Um, so it just made me more vocal again in asking for what I want, asking for what I'd like to do or what I'd like to receive. Um, yeah. And that's how I got the job with Bitproof, really. So mm. I went to Noel Clark and, and gave him my, my business card, really, yeah. and, and kind of gave him a little pitch about myself. Um, so, yeah, and I kept in touch. Every two months I kept in touch with my CV, with my headshots. Um, mm. to let him know if he's a casting anything, you should let me know. So when it came to the casting process, he was like, oh, hi, are you available? Are you in the country? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so um, you really do have to, as much as agents are amazing and they put you forward, you still, I feel like agents do 30, 40% maybe of the job. You still have to always self-advertise yourself, self-market yourself, um, whether it be with the publicist if you've got a job um, or whether it just be yourself and actually just really utilizing the tools that you have to productively sell you as a brand. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, so it definitely was a learning curve and it's taken me a long time to really, you know, elevate every year. I felt like I just kept taking up a notch, taking up a notch, yeah. seeing what worked, what didn't work. And yeah, you, you yeah. do really have to look at yourself and, and know yourself inside out. And it's not easy and it is easier for other people, but you do have to trust in your source, as I say, yeah, <laughs> trust yeah, in your yeah. source and and make it happen. Um, but yeah, this industry is not for everyone. But I'm yeah. glad it's it's definitely paid off, and persistence has definitely paid off. Yeah, nice. And and because I find like that all of that stuff is is great because you're able to almost do certain things that you put in place, and you start to see the outcome improve yeah. slowly, right? But yeah. what I've the, the difficulty I've always found is. The, the personal growth behind that because whilst on the outside you might be saying okay I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and it's going to put me here and it's going to do that and it's going to do that mm-hmm. like behind that there's been times where I've still been very unsure and felt very unstable in myself and, and like earlier you yeah. mentioned like having low self-esteem through you know the rejections and stuff like that so what what work have you done on a personal level to kind of keep yourself in check because I kind of get the idea that you you've got a good like vibe about you know like a good energy and I feel like you've done a lot of work on that in terms of like being positive looking looking at the positives raising your vibrations so like how how has that personal journey been behind everything um I think just faith is definitely a big factor of it um so I'm, I'm a Christian and I'm just a believer in just having faith in yourself and I feel like if something is for you, it's going to happen. So it might not come straight away, but if you are persistent and um, and you are, and you do action behind the the actions that you have given yourself to say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Actually, putting it into action definitely does help. And fear is a big factor of it, like you said. Um, but I had to just overcome that fear, and I feel like every time I did overcome that fear, and I did have a positive outcome for something, or even a, a small outcome um, or change, then that did motivate me to do better. And even if it didn't motivate me, um, not if it didn't motivate me, if it was a negative um, outcome, 
I think sometimes that motivated me even more. Mm. So sometimes it was, it's okay to sit back and cry. It's okay to sit back and reflect and just take yourself out of it for a few months or a few weeks, a few days, and just sit back and really just think, okay, what did I do wrong? Or what can I do to improve? So there's always room for improvement. So it's just about having faith in yourself, as I said, um, and just be willing to put that hard work and persistence into it. And if you don't ask for something, you won't receive it really. And if you think about it, I had to sit back and think, what have I got to lose? Mm. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm not anybody yet. So what have I got to lose? If, yeah. if they say, they say no, and it's okay. If they don't respond, they don't respond and it's okay. Everyone is busy. So, but with the power of social media is amazing because sometimes I thought, oh, okay, if they're active on Instagram, maybe I'll just slide into their DMs. But again, mm. professionally. So that yeah. same covering letter I would use for my email, I would pop into their DMs. So you still have to approach it in a professional manner. Yeah, but what outlets are they using? Whether it's Twitter, I downloaded Twitter again, just to have the response of somebody or just to tag them and let them know, hi, here's my CV. If you're looking for any, any um, actresses, um, of my appearance, you know, of my stature, it'll be great to be involved and work with you. Um, look forward to hearing from you soon. You know, just something short, simple, but direct to the point with your spotlight, with your IMDb page. So you do have to still be, you just, you just have to just exert all your options. There's so many options these days. Now people are casting on LinkedIn, I heard as well. I've never mm. actually tried that personally, but there's so many avenues to actually try and reach out to people um and just have and just actually educating yourself in your field and knowing who is hot right now who is working right now who is casting right now so a lot of the casting directors i have um i follow them um on imdb so if they update anything or if they add any new castings to their portfolio or to their profile it notifies me straight away yeah um so i can then go back to my agent and say hi you know, just, just to let you know, <laughs> they're casting for Black Panther 2 right now. And he'll be like, oh, okay, no problem, I'll be on it. But yeah. you still have to be proactive. You can't sit back and think your agent's going to do everything for you, you know, because they have 50 other, 100 other people in their books. So you have to really push through. And as I said, and just trust in yourself yeah. um, and, and know your brand inside out. So you mm. do have to sit back and reflect. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, that that's I think that's definitely helped my confidence because um, every time I did get a positive outcome, especially whether it was after a month, whether it was after two years, it's a positive outcome. So it worked. So mm. I can use use that and utilize that moving forward. And the things that didn't work, put that aside and try something different. Mm. And uh, can you remember a time where your confidence was maybe not as high, and you were going through a bit of a bad spell in terms of like your self confidence and and kind of what you were going through at the time? Yeah, I think it was when I, I think when I came back from LA, I came back from LA um, and I think my health played a big part in it. So I started getting ill more frequently. Um, I was still trying to work um, full time or find a job that was flexible enough for me to work around it. And I found that sales work was very flexible depending on what company you work with. Mm. Um, I was working with Blackberry at the time. So I was a sales manager for Blackberry, but the agency were absolutely amazing. They were so accommodating. If I got a job the next day and say, hi guys, I'm flying to Thailand for Coca-Cola commercial. They were like, oh, amazing, Vanessa, send me, send me the footage when you get it. And as long as I had someone to cover me, they were good. Yeah. Um, but then they got made redundant, you know, Blackberry, no. I think they still exist, but I don't know what it is now. Um, but we got made redundant. Um, and I think, and I was going to LA for the second time. 
So I, I had to put everything on my credit card. Um, I was using up all my savings. And then I was just running out of resources. So I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Um, how am I going to pay for my rent? You know, um, my housemate left at the time as well. So I had to resort to doing Airbnb, letting strangers into my home. And when you're going through all of that and you're unsure of who you are, what you're doing, as well as inviting strangers into your own personal space, because you have to, it just kind of, and then I'm not well on top of it. So mm. it was really, it was just really a, a bad time for me mentally and physically. Um, but one of my Airbnb guys is actually really lovely. Um, normally they just go into the room, but this guy in particular came and sat with me in the living room and said, do you mind me asking what's wrong? Um, oh, wow. And I was like, oh, we don't know what it is, but I've got endometriosis. And he said, oh, my girlfriend has that. And that was the first time I ever heard anyone tell me that they know somebody who had that disease. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't spoken up about it at the time. So he was like, look, um, he was like, well, isn't the government helping you? And he told me what the government in Greece were doing and how they help um, women from when they're 16. They test them straight away. So they know whether they have the disease or not. And he said, don't they do that here? And I said, no, they just discovered it a few months ago. So yeah. I'm having to wait for my surgery, but that's only because I went to the doctors and said, I'm not leaving until you give me a scan and do all the tests. So he said, wow. He was like, you know what, keep through it. She was like, she's pregnant now. Um, and we didn't think we were going to have a baby. So it was just such, it was so random, but it was beautiful to see. And that's how I know everything happens for a reason. So mm. it was really nice to hear that, you know, you can live through it. I don't have to quit everything. It's okay. I'm going through a moment right now. So it's okay to take that personal space and just work on myself and just get better. It's okay. So I then was, had a more positive outcome for renting my room out because that was at least paying my rent um, until I could get myself back on my feet. And then I thought, okay, I don't need to work full time anymore. Um, I can just maybe do hospitality work here and there. But again, I can cancel last minute. So I made sure I had those stipulations in place. So when I, when I had my yeah. interview, I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm suffering with. Um, I hope that's okay. And I don't want you to feel I'm, I'm not being, um, I'm, 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 what's that word? So I'm, I can't commit or I'm just irresponsible. It's just that it happens last minute. So I might have to cancel my shifts last minute. And he said, don't worry, Vanessa, it's great. We have loads of people in your industry on our books. So it happens whether it be Carson or be illness, don't worry about it. Um, mm. And they were absolutely amazing. And they actually stuck to their word, whereas a lot of agencies wow. didn't. And um, so anytime he was absolutely fine. So I'd always let him know and give him at least six hours notice. If in the morning I feel a bit unsettled, I'll let him know so I don't let him down in the evening. Um, and I just had to, again, just trust in myself and just think it's okay because I was such in zombie mode that I felt like I had to work. I had to receive income every single week and I'm good at saving. I, so I just had to just trust that it's okay to use your savings and just live off that for a bit just for my yeah. own sanity, for my own mental health. Um, so it was, it was definitely a journey and it did take me, I think three months or so before I could even go back to work. So I was just bed bound. I was home. Um, and I just had to just really work on myself um, and just be honest about speaking about it. So that itself was therapeutic, just letting people know that this is what I'm suffering with. So just bear with me. And, you know, if you want to ride with mm. me, ride with me. Don't, then it's okay. Um, and I just had to learn that for myself as well, that it's okay. You know, not everyone's going to understand, but the ones who do understand and truly are there for you will be there for you no matter what. Yeah, of course. And I think that's really important, especially because, I mean, I don't know loads about endometriosis, but from what I understand, yeah. it's, it's sort of described as like, like disability or the hidden disease because yeah. you, you, you physical, can't yeah. physically see can't anything see right so yeah. like what what are the effects of it and how i kind of like manage that day to day 
Um, so and maybe explain a little bit about what it is, you know, yeah. I'm sure there's many people out there who aren't 100% sure about what it is. Yeah, so endometriosis is um, basically effect of when you start puberty, um, your the womb lining doesn't shed um, all the blood properly, basically. So mm-hmm. you still get linings of um, blood left over in your ovaries every month. Um, so obviously after a buildup of months and years, um, it turns, it forms into some sort of cyst fibroids, um, sometimes it can get entangled in your womb and it can result to infertility because they'd have to do a hysterectomy if they can't resolve it. So that's why people um, sometimes have infertility problems. Um, it causes nausea, it causes heavy bleeding, um, excessive bleeding, it causes back pain, um, it causes um, just bloatedness, cramps, um, headaches. Um, and so obviously if it's so severe, sometimes it, you're unable to walk um, at times as well because the cramps are so severe. And they come mm. at random times. So you never can pinpoint when it's going to happen. It doesn't just happen when your menstrual cycle happens. It happens just randomly any time, whether it be once a week or whether it be once every other day. Um, so it does come. And when it comes, it does come with full force. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like, literally, it's like something overwhelms your body. You can't eat. You feel nauseous. You can't walk. You get cramps. Um, and so all you can do is really take painkillers or hormone treatments, um, whether it be the pill or the coil. Um, and there's other effects that I'm, or other um, things that can help you um, overcome it or subside the symptoms um, like CBD oil and things like that. But again, mm. I haven't ever tried that natural route just because I'm still learning about it every day. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just something that I just have to just go through and I just have a pain management um, doctor um at St Guy's Hospital so I see her every six months as well as have a scan to just double to see how the the growth is growing um mm. and so if it is getting any bigger then they'd have to go back in and, and do surgery again and it, you you mentioned that you had surgery right? yeah so I had surgery two years ago now um and since then I just have random little pains it's mm. it's really weird so it's not little pains in such in a sense where um, it's not as painful as it was before, but it's I get frequent pains now. So uh, there was just a different type of pain. I don't know how to describe it, but it's just more of a, um, I don't know. I've never tried acupuncture before, but I feel like it's, or it's probably, I could probably describe it like laser surgery. Okay. Like I've had yeah. laser before and it's like just hot pricks. It's like frequent hot pricks or like a hundred hot pricks just in the same area, just oh, wow. itching at you. So you, you can't you can't really walk properly you can't sometimes I can't talk because I can't breathe because I'm trying to manage the pain and I'm like trying to meditate um and yeah you can keep sometimes I just drink lots of water or a hot drink or something to try and flush it out I have to lie down because I can't physically walk or can't physically function um and then when it does get too much or it has gone on for a few hours and I normally take painkillers um but mm-hmm. if I have to work I wake up and I feel the pain I just take it straight away because I haven't got time to, yeah. <laughs> to sit and, and wait for the pain to, to to ease up um so then if I am on set then I'll take the painkiller every every three hours just so I can function um yeah. but sometimes you know the body does what the body wants so it's yeah, just having to yeah it's just having to just work through it sometimes um yeah, but yeah. And has it ever, ever affected you on set, like work-wise, where you've just had to be like, like mid, mid-scene or something, just be like, guys, I'm really sorry. Yeah, five it, minutes it, yeah, it normally affects me um, early in the morning. So sometimes I actually get woken up at four or five in the morning with the pain. Wow. Um, so when it, that happens, I know I'm not going to go back to bed. So I'm up. 
So um, what I did was I let the AD know <clears throat> straight away, because normally we have to be on set by 5.30, 5 o'clock anyway. <clears throat> so I let the AD know that, hey, I'm not feeling too good. Um, so the first time it happened, I did let them know um, when I did this season, actually, um, that I'm not feeling too good. I didn't explain what it was because they didn't know. Um, but I yeah. just said, I'm not feeling too good. And normally when they say, oh, is it time of the month? Yep, it is. Like, sometimes it's easier just to say that. But um, I was able to, because I was unwell for the whole day, they made sure there was a room ready for me. And luckily, we were filming in the house at the day at the time. So um, they had a room ready for me. So in between scenes, I can lie down um, and had water beside my bed oh, and a nice. hot drink and, and biscuits if I needed it. And the medic kept checking up on me every hour or so to make sure I was okay. And if I needed anything else for the nausea, which was really nice. Um, so they really did accommodate me for that and say, hey, maybe we'll do your scene a bit later. We'll just do all of Ashley's scenes and do your scenes a bit later um, just to give you some time to rest and stuff like that. So they were very accommodating or really lovely. Um, so yeah, in the end, I did tell the AD or the medic what was wrong. So he knew and was able to, you know, transfer that information back to everybody. Yeah. So it was really nice because sometimes you don't want to be a nuisance. So yeah, I want to kind of keep it to myself and be like, hi guys, I'm good. Like, just, just give me a painkiller and I'll be fine. Um, but it was nice to know that, you know, everybody, whether it be the AD, whether it be the runner was saying, hey, are you, how are you feeling now? Do you need anything? Do you need that? It was actually really nice just to be catered to, I suppose, and to know that they actually care. So yeah, yeah it is frustrating for me as an actress because obviously I want to do my job well. And I want to do it to the best of my ability. Um, but at the same time, I have to know that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to let people understand what you're going through, you know, otherwise they will never know and they wouldn't be able to accommodate you. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like that's, that goes with so much stuff as well. Just being yeah. having that, that confidence almost to, to speak up and be like, okay, I'm not feeling great, especially when it comes to like mental health and, you know, like exactly. things that you can't physically see. It's like, it, it's down to you as a pilot to speak up about it and start yeah. to make people aware so that they can, they can be accommodating like most people you know like and I think we're fearful of how people are going to judge us because of it um and how like people will, will, will think about you after or they might see yeah. you as a burden or something but ultimately you've got to take care of yourself right and that's the most important yeah, thing exactly yeah. so that's why I always have to remind myself because it's hard because yeah. I've been doing this so long and I just normally just self-isolate myself actually ironically so I was even going to make a joke like on Instagram because I'm like I'm used to this so like, this is not yeah. this is not a new thing for me because sometimes I have to do it just for yeah. my own sanity and I just I'm like you know what it's an admin day it's cool what do I need to get yeah. done and then sort that out um but yeah so I, I did have to learn that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to let people know so they can accommodate you as and when because if they don't yeah. know and then something happens why didn't you let me know? So exactly, I did have to really. let them, especially going to Cape Town, I had to let the doctor know for insurance purposes yeah. as well, just so, you know, everyone was aware of what was going on and they can accommodate yeah. me accordingly. So it was nice. Yeah. It's funny, have you, have you seen that meme that's going around? It's like a little cartoon character doing the guy and then the text underneath it or above it is like, when you find out your everyday life is called quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and then, it's, and then you swipe, and then it's like somebody like crying, like, is this what it was called? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm used to it because I had, I had no choice but to do that and just cancel yeah. all my appointments. But um, at least now it's, it's nice to know that, yeah, people, not people understand, but it's just, it's frustrating, yeah. isn't it? Frustrating yeah, of when, you, it, when you have no choice but to self-isolate yourself, you know? Yeah, and how, how do you keep yourself in check like, from a kind of mental health perspective? Because... I imagine that there's part of, you know, going through what you go through where you can almost be frustrated or 
down or you can yeah. always have that feeling of like oh why me or why today um so how is yourself in check from a kind of mental health point of view as well um well I feel like anyone you kind of play the victim initially and you're like why me why did this happen to me i I eat right I drink a lot of water you know my diet's not bad I don't smoke I don't drink so I just didn't understand and I, and I think I was more frustrated at the fact that they took so long to understand what was wrong with me mm. and that's only because I said I'm not leaving until you sort out what was wrong with me because yeah. for 16 years they've been telling me I'm going to grow out of it I'm a kid I'm a teenager you're going to grow out of it um and then I'm 30 I'm like I'm definitely not a teenager now exactly I am a grown-ass woman and I'm still complaining about my menstrual cycle like what the hell is going on yeah. so um that was I think was overwhelming for me. So I was happy that they found out what was wrong, but at the same time, I was so frustrated that it took so long. And I was scared as well, because I thought, what if they do have to have a hysterectomy? What if it's so scrambled? Because it was all on my left side, um, growing up into my stomach. So that's why mm, it was causing wow. such a problem with my back. Um, and I physically couldn't get up and I was feeling so emotional. Um, and I never like to use that as an excuse. I know a lot of people always say, oh, it's, it's a time of the month, you know, stay away from, from women because they have mood swings and blah, blah, blah. And it's always been a running joke. But for me, I never, I never liked to, um, I didn't want people to, I suppose, put that, that, um, that stigma on me. Um, but then I, I couldn't help it. I was like, now I actually can't control my emotions at all. So, um, it's, yeah, obviously I, I played the victim. I, I cried. I was like, why me? Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I had to just sit back and think, okay, well, now it's happened. There's nothing I can do about it. I had to educate myself, learn what the condition entailed, what I can do to help um, the symptoms um, reoccurring or subsiding. There's no real notion, but there's so many different things you can try. So I had to just sit back and educate myself. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, I can't be the only one going through this. Mm. So I felt like I had to speak up and say something. And then it was, and it was, it, it just felt like, because I was isolating myself, I wasn't speaking to anyone, just my mum and my sisters knew and my best friend, but nobody else understood or knew what was going on. But everybody around me that had known me for years was coming back and telling me stories about when I was 15 or when I was 17 and say, oh yeah, remember that day when you got you got taken out of school? I remember that day when you collapsed? I remember that day when, and I'm like, oh yeah. So people wow. were reminding me saying, you know, this has been going on. This has been going on for a while. And I remember when this happened. I remember when this happened. Um, so I thought, so I was like, yeah, I'm glad it's been diagnosed. And I just had to speak about it and let other people know that if you are suffering from these conditions, please go to a doctor as soon as possible um, and, and tell them what you want them to do. You know, because again, the NHS is overwhelmed. Um, they can't, they're not mind readers, but at the same time, I feel like they, it was good to raise awareness so they can start looking at different options in terms of just diagnosing it with PCOS or giving you the pill to subside the, the symptoms, which is yeah. not healthy at all. Um, and obviously as a woman, you do want to have children one day. Most people want to have children. So it can cause um, a long time effect um, if it's not taken care of sooner. So mm. I just had to yeah, sit back and self-reflect and learn about the disease. Um, so my diet is so much better now. Um, I thought it was great, but you mm -hmm. can always improve. Um, yeah. So I don't eat meat Monday to Friday. I know that that's a big thing. Um, I'm still working on just going pescatarian, but yeah. I, I do. I, I I don't have it as much. I, I do love my fish. So I have that more often than meat. Um, I don't drink milk anymore. I have almond milk. Um, again, I just drink a lot more water. I have my protein shakes in between. Um, so if I don't feel well, it's okay. I, just, I don't eat bread. 
like little things like that I did mm. just to help the bloatedness, the nausea and things like that. So I just had to understand my body and listen to my body more. My body is so much more sensitive now. So I know something doesn't work for me and it's okay to let it go. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just think like the, the diet thing is so important as well. Like, so yeah, much right. like, like my um, sister's boyfriend's going through something at the minute and I was chatting to him and I was like, do you know what? Like see this as mm. an opportunity to like really look at your diet and like look, not yeah. that he had her unhealthy, like he was pretty much eating vegetarian, but I was like, start cleaning things up, start taking out dairy, you know, start yeah. a more vegan-based diet or fresh exactly. food diet because, you know, ultimately what we put into our bodies, the rest the rest of our body, right? So it's like, even me personally, yeah. like six months ago, I turned fully vegetarian after like a very slow process oh, right. of, of getting yeah. into it. Um, and the adjustment was going to be a lot harder than what it was. And I feel like, you know, if, you, if you're someone who wants to look into that and you're interested in it, it's like, just try it. Like I started out just sort just- of, doing it yeah. for a month I've just stuck to it because I didn't actually think it was that bad cutting out meat and it's like yeah the adjustment yeah. is it takes a while and your body reacts to it as well but like once you get through yeah. that it's it's totally how have you how have you found that adjustment to like because I'm my family's Italian so much like uh yeah. like African food it's very, it's there's a lot of meat involved <laughs> meat, in everything pasta, and, yeah exactly so like how have you adapted to that so it's it's been good because I've I think I've helped my family as well in the sense of they don't eat as much meat anymore anyway. So and we all mm. love fish. So it was never a thing where I had to force myself to like fish. We've always loved fish. Um yeah. whether it be tilapia, snapper, mackerel, any type of fish we absolutely love. So it just gave me more of an opportunity to just stock up more on fish than chicken in the fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the same thing for my mum as well. So mainly when she does make my mum is a caterer, so she does cook for people at home. So when she does cook she um, normally gives them the option and a lot of them actually choose fish as well. So nice. you'll be surprised how, how people are trying to change their lifestyle. I think obviously my mom's older. Um, she has diabetes. So she's taken all of this more seriously. The things that we grew up eating, thinking it was fine. Um, it's not necessarily okay, you know, especially if you're consuming it on a daily basis. Mm. Um, so just it's, it's helped my mom. She uses more coconut oil now to cook more than yeah. sunflower oil. Like just little things like that. She grills her things a lot more than frying it. Um, so just little changes like that has really helped um, us as a family as well. So I'm like, mum, try this recipe. And then she does it and she loves it. So yeah. it's, it's nice to know that, you know, there's an alternative for everything. So we can still eat the food that we love, but just use alternative recipes, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So even like chickpeas, I never used to buy chickpeas or add that to my diet. Yeah. But that's actually a really nice fill-in um, substitute, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I normally make like curries and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so, curries are so good. Yeah, so, so good. Um, what I'm struggling with is finding anything gluten-free that is nice. Because <laughs> mm, yeah. like, a lot of it tastes like cardboard. So I don't, so I just yeah. don't really have pasta anymore because I don't think I've actually had a pasta that I thought, this is amazing and it tastes like pasta, but it's not pasta. Yeah, that's, that, that is the, the, yeah, <laughs> the issue, right? But I think there's a lot of, I found that some good, and we're going totally off topic a little bit here, but I found some yeah. really good the other day online. I can't remember exactly where, but they were gluten-free vegetarian recipes and they were all like amazing dishes, like curries and like noodle dishes and, and stuff like that. If I find the link, I'll have to try and send them over to you. I have to refind yeah. it. But I found I feel- they're somewhere. Yeah, please. Because there's loads of, I feel like there's loads of vegan options, but when it comes to gluten-free option, it's just, it's like nobody really cares about that, if you know what I mean? So yeah. it's either it's completely vegan, so it's like dairy-free, meat-free, yeah. and then it'll be yeah. gluten-free. But in terms of actually just finding a gluten-free product, it's very far and few, um, or it's just not nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, 
yeah so that will be good to to know if you do know any places that do good like gluten-free pasta because I do miss it I miss going to Papiano's like I miss having like I love Italian dishes and that used to be my go-to but I knew that it wasn't good for me because some days I'll be okay and other days I'll be in pain for like a day or two yeah so um yeah so completely cutting it out was painful but it was ultimately better for my health so it had to be done yeah you have to take sacrifices because health health is the most important thing like if you don't have your health like you know the, the rest of it everything else falls around around that so it's important to kind exactly. of take care of that and that's that's you know a big part of my started cutting out meat and everything else is to just get my body in as best condition as it can be like try really seeing my body as a temple kind of thing you know so yeah exactly yeah, super that, that's, yeah that is the key seeing your body as a temple and treating it you know with respect and and kindness yeah. you know and then it will look after you in turn when you're older so yeah. because if you now you it's hard to rectify it when you're 65 <laughs> yeah what, what um what tips have you got then for treating your body with kindness other than obviously the diet that we just spoke about um i think it's okay because i'm such i feel like i'm such a busybody and i'm always in work mode because you know you're just always anticipating when the next job is going to happen so you feel like you have to exert yourself and do everything and anything and I I was just always in zombie mode so sometimes it's okay to say no and just some time out to just have some me time whether it be an hour or two um in front of the tv relaxing um meditating just washing my hair like just little things like that just to take time for me um because I'm always as I said just doing everything and anything I can and I'm always in work mode um so I feel like that was very good for my mental health just to say no and I started doing that last year really um and and it did help and I think a lot of people did understand and it was and it was okay but I felt like I had to do everything I had to make every meet and every party any event um and it's okay to say no so I was very I'm now very choosy with what I do and where I choose to spend my time yeah I think that's going to help me in the long run. And as I said, I feel like it's more, yeah, it makes me sleep better at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you, have you got a, a nighttime routine as well to kind of ease yourself into getting to sleep? Um, not really. I need to get better at that. And that's one thing I was doing on my to-do list because I think with all this going on, it has made me more anxious about everything because I'm thinking, when is this going to stop? What is mm. happening? You know, just, just knowing, just the unknown is, is very fearful. It's very scary. Um, so I'm, I need to work on that better because I am a night owl. So I do sleep late. So I work yeah. better at night. So, yeah. um, so for me, that was my, my nighttime routine, actually just working and just doing admin and just giving myself to do, to do list. So I was more productive in the morning the next day. Yeah. Um, so I've got better at turning off my screen and actually not watching Netflix or watching anything um, before I go to bed, like at least an hour before, because it takes me a while to sleep. I wish I was one of those people that I can put my head in the pillow and just mm-hmm. fall asleep like that. There's always yeah. something to do when you, when you are creative, when you have a creative mind, you know, yeah. I feel like there's always something to do. So you think, Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to do that. So I just had to just sit back and watch comedy. I realized comedy, something that makes me laugh or something that's a bit more lighthearted was better than watching how to get away with murder <laughs> because yeah. that stimulated my mind more and i'll be thinking oh i need to watch the next episode how did you get away with that a b c d um whereas if i watch comedy it's just you know watch some friends you know we, we all watch every episode of friends of course, but of course. You know, exactly what's gonna happen um but it's just light hard you know like, oh phoebe oh joey like you just you just laugh it off and 
it can it just makes me relax and I'm not thinking about anything else apart from just relaxing you know and just laughing just laughing at life um so I feel like that definitely helps me sleep better so I had to be choosing what I sleep with um or what I watch before I go to sleep um and just turning off my phone so after 10 11 o'clock my phone is always on silent anyway and I just you know keep it on vibrate just in case family emergencies or anything but in terms of me being on Instagram or anything it's off yeah I think that's super important I've I do that like I make sure I'm not on my phone an hour before I go to bed I'll try and avoid tv if possible like reading or something um well i've been cheating a little bit recently because i'm trying to learn spanish got like um the duolingo app on my phone so i've been doing that in bed which probably isn't that good for me but it's it's making my brain active in a different way um so before i go to sleep maybe i should add that to my list i've always wanted to learn spanish yeah i've got a lot of time now at home so it's good time to start learning (laughs) um i think think that nighttime routine is so important and even like some people have who have active minds find it really helpful to everything out before they go to bed. Just write all your thoughts down, empty your head right, so you yeah. can sleep like in peace and kind of that sort of thing. So I think that's exactly. super important. Um, yeah. So I've got final couple of questions for you. Um, if we could jump in a time machine and go back in time and we could speak to a younger version of yourself, a young Vanessa, what free <laughs> yeah. advice would you give yourself to start doing at the moment? Um, if I could go back in time, I I would tell myself that I that I do matter because I think I grew up in a time in Milton Keynes where there wasn't many people of colour. So mm. I, I was always so unsure of myself and I always wanted to be somebody else, which wasn't healthy, you know? Um, yes. So I, f- I feel like if I went back in time, I'll tell myself that I do matter and your skin is beautiful and we're all beautiful different shades different sizes no matter what your hair texture is you are beautiful and and just trust in yourself and you can be anything you want to be um so i think that's definitely important um what else i tell myself i'll tell myself um to 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 be more assertive (laughs) I would have told myself to be more assertive. I think um, I was very friendly and just accommodating to everybody that I I never really put myself first. Um, So I'll tell myself to, yeah, trust in your source and and it's okay to say no. And the third thing I'll tell myself is, um, the third thing I'll tell myself is, if you don't love you, no one else will. Oh, yeah. If you don't love yourself, no one else will. How do you expect anyone else to love you if you don't love yourself? So I did really have to learn that. I did get myself in some toxic relationships when I was younger. Um, and it was like I wanted somebody to fulfill that void and love me before, so I can love myself, you know, mm-hmm. which is not a healthy way to think about things or about life in general. So I really had to take some time back and love me, learn everything about myself, and and just say it's okay. We all have our weird quirks. We we're all different, and it's okay. Um, so I really mm. had to learn everything about myself and and grow in confidence as well um, before anyone else is going to love me and for me to you know love them back the way they should be loved. Yeah. And how did you work through that sort of learning to love yourself? Um. I think I started um, doing. I started doing, um, at the Actor Centre, I started doing TV film courses. 
and specifically screen times um, courses so I could record myself and see myself because mm. at one point I just didn't understand why people were telling me that you could be a model. I was like, why? Because I don't look like anyone on TV. <laughs> like I just knew Tyra Banks and Naomi Campbell um, in terms of women of colour. Um, Halle Berry was you know, doing her thing, modelling, acting and stuff as well. But apart from those three women, I, growing up, I don't remember Iman as well. I don't remember seeing anyone that looked like me. So I thought, yeah. I, I, why are they saying that? They're just trying to be nice. Like I didn't, I didn't really believe it. So me doing screen courses, I just had to love the little things that I'd grown up hating myself about, like my lips. That was one thing I just wish I didn't have because growing up, they used to say, you have lips like Jay-Z and laugh at me and run away. Um, kids used to call me a packy and I'm like, okay, but I'm black. I don't, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Until yeah, I went yeah. home and told my dad what it meant and he was furious. Um, but again, my dad taught me how to, you know, fight back, but I was very, I was such a timid, shy child. Um, so that, again, that just goes with confidence. You know, if you're not confident in yourself, you're not going to fight for yourself. You're not going to fight back. You're just going to accept what people are saying to you and you're going to go with that notion for the rest of your life. And I think I've accepted all those words for so long that I had to really look at myself and watch myself and, and love what um, those little quirks that I hated about myself and say, okay, well, people must like some certain qualities about myself. I had to really look at myself and the TV screening um, course, they would record you and it was literally like this. Like yeah. sometimes it was just <laughs> up on your eyes and your nose um, or it would just be your forehead to your chin. And I had to look at myself and think, okay, your forehead is nice. <laughs> It's different, but your forehead is nice, you know? Um, and my mum always used to tell me that when I was younger. So I had to really forget the negative stuff and all the positive things that anyone had ever said to me. I had to look at myself and say, yeah, that's a quirk. That's cool. You know, I've, I've got thick, crazy hair. Okay, cool. I, I love it. I had to sit back and say, okay, cool. I have a big forehead, but I can wear a headscarf and it'll sit well on it. That's what my mum used to say. <laughs> she used to say, your head is good for to wear a headscarf because it sits well on it. Um, and I used to laugh about it until Rihanna came into the picture and I'm like, ah, she has a forehead like me. That's amazing. So just, it's, it's crazy what the media can do because until you see someone that reflects, um, uh, something that you, that you, so unless you see something that, um, you can resonate with, sometimes it's hard to accept, you know? So I had to, I suppose it did help with the media in terms of the people that were coming out in the industry and just looking at myself and saying, look, look at your lips, your lips are great you know, now they're actually featuring people with juicy lips, you know, to um, be in a lipstick ad or um, now people are actually injecting their lips to have lips like yourself, you know, people are filling their cheeks to have cheeks like you, like just, I had to just look at myself and just say, it's okay that you have these quirks and this is what makes you you and this is what makes you beautiful. So I just had to learn that no matter what was, no matter what my insecurities were, this is what makes me me and no one else has no one is you, no one can be you. So I just had to just learn that about myself and just really look at myself. So watching myself on screen, doing my show rules and stuff, I had to just look at myself and just say, oh yeah, you have nice lashes, just little stupid things. Yeah, I just had to yeah. look at myself and just say, oh, okay, yeah, you do have a nice smile. You do, I had to, because you sit back and you just look at yourself and you can pick, pinpoint a thousand things that's wrong with you. But the five things that are right is what makes you you. So yeah. you can't, you know, my, my flaws make me, imperfectly perfect so I just had to really 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 change my mindset to um just be happy within myself and happy within my skin and that's definitely helped my confidence growing up helped me really 
tune into what kind of modeling I want to go into as well in terms of commercial modeling and stuff like that. So I really had to know what my brand was, you know, and if I didn't trust in myself, why would anyone else want to promote me and trust in me? So mm. that's what I had to learn. Um, and yeah, cutting my hair was a great, was a great way of doing that as well. So it was just yeah. getting rid of the stigma and the, um, my conformed notions of what beauty standards were back in the day and just, and just embrace my own hair and learn about my own hair. And yeah. I've never looked back since. So Sick. yeah, it's definitely a growth process. It never took a, a week or a month. It definitely took a good few years, but I got there in the end. Yeah, I think it's it's an ongoing process, isn't it? It's an yeah. everlasting process. And I think yeah. we forget, celebrate our uniqueness. And I think you said it well. It's like the five things that are the, the, your unique are what make you you. It's like yeah. one of my favorite quotes. I can't remember who it's from, but it's something going on with my love. You were born an original, so why die a copy? It's like, yeah. cele- like we should be celebrating the fact that we are original and that we are unique. And it's like the things that might be imperfect, it might be seen as actions to other people are the things that make you beautiful. So it's like, yeah. as long as you can accept that within yourself, like be very, very happy and you can learn to love yourself as much as possible. And it leads me very powerfully to my final question, um, which is <laughs> what does happiness mean to you? Wow, what does happiness mean to me? Um, Happiness is, I think anything, happiness is something that makes your soul shine. Mm. So anything, whether it's music, whether it's family, whether it's a smile, whatever makes your soul shine is what true happiness is. So it can be little things, it can be materialistic things, but I feel like with in terms of your soul and in terms of your um the true happiness within your soul that's what's going to make you shine and that's what's going to make you you really yeah. um so yeah I feel like my family my friends music is a big part of it so anything that just makes my soul my soul shine and beam just makes me happy amazing yeah. that's beautiful I love that I love I love the era of like feeding your soul to make it shine it's like yeah a really beautiful way of viewing things a way to as as we mentioned earlier like raise your vibrations and put that good energy yeah. into the world you know yeah. and then once you do that like everything comes back to you in like a cyclical way it always cycles back around to you so yeah exactly yeah, it's very much worth it um but look thank you so much for this time um before oh, we do you. sign out do you want to let yeah. people know where they can keep up to date with you online? You can check out Bulletproof. Yeah, sure. Well, um, Bulletproof is out on the 20th of March. Um, all seasons from season one, season two, you can watch it on Sky One um, or you can watch it on Now TV. Um, so you can download all the episodes on there. You can follow me on Instagram at VV Brownskin. So that's VV Brownskin. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um you can follow me on twitter i need to be better on that i don't really tweet anymore but i i, I think i definitely will be now because there's not much to do so follow me on twitter again that's bb brownskin um and yeah and just keep up to date with my website which is vanessa um so any new things that i'll be doing or um any behind the scenes especially with things with bulletproof when i went to south africa and we shot the special i'm gonna update my website and hopefully you'll be able to see everything there all the things that i can put out there because i can't put any spoilers um but that was an amazing experience so i hope you follow my journey um as an actress and yeah (laughs) 
amazing well like i said i really appreciate the time um having to do this in in a totally different way to what i'm used to and probably what you're used to but (laughs) i think think it works just just fine yeah i think it's definitely um, definitely worked yeah it's cool thank you so much there we have it guys that was vanessa van der pew and you know i really 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 hope that you enjoyed that one because like i said it was a little bit different to normal because it was over the internet and we were kind of doing it via zoom but you know we really really managed to to get a really good conversation going and i really enjoyed that chat with her and i know that there was a lot of great information in there especially with like you know how to love yourself and that last sort of 10 minutes particularly like learning to love yourself and if you if you don't love yourself then like how can anyone else love you and all the stuff she was talking about like dealing with what she goes through with endometriosis and how that's affected her mentally not just physically and I think that she's just a really really great kind of advocate for like how even if you, you there is something that's holding you back physically or mentally like you can really push through and create something really amazing from your life you know and really have a really positive impact on your life so with that being said if there's anyone you know who you think would really really benefit from hearing this episode then please be sure to send them the link or send them a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages in episodes like this particularly now like I said particularly now with what we're going through in the world it's very important that we spread these messages and you know I started this podcast to help inspire positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing the love of a friend so as ever guys you can connect with me on Instagram at I am Alex Manzi my DMs are always open I'm always happy to connect with you guys there again I really really thank you for listening I appreciate your time and I will see you for the next episode this podcast is produced by unedited